Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. No matter what time it is that you are listening today, you are here for a reason. I am Chrissy Baki. I am the hippie Christian who cares. And if you've never listened before, all that really means is I call myself a hippie Christian because I think the brands of Christians that are out there are all good. If if you love the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the triune God, and recognize that Jesus Christ is your Savior, your brand of Christian is just fine. I like to call myself the hippie Christian because I like to just focus on loving God and loving people. And when it comes to the rules of the church, blah, 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 blah. And so not making fun of church because I actually belong to a Lutheran church. But I like to think outside the box and I like to try as hard as I can to do what Jesus would do. So welcome and I'm grateful you're here. This is a bonus to the last four episodes that I have done on grief. My mom died on July 18th, and I decided that I would do a four-part series on grief. That's typically the way I roll. I've done a series on prayer and on family, and then this seemed like the right time to do a series on grief. And if you go back and listen, sounds like I'm doing pretty good. But the truth is, I feel a little bit lost. I felt like my experience with grief, while not vast, I participated in a group called Grief Share and actually was a facilitator of the group. And we had three groups. I did training and learned a whole, whole lot. And I don't ever remember resonating when somebody said they were lost. I can't even remember if the videos or the books or anything that I've ever read on grief talked about being lost. And so when my mom died, my dad had died almost four years ago. In fact, yes, four years ago. And so I didn't feel lost when he died. I felt so sad. Like that was like grief totally running you over. And then backing up and running you over again. Awful. But this time, somehow knowing that my mom and dad were dead, and I'll be honest with you, I'm 56 years old, so do you classify as an orphan? But yeah, you do. And it's awful. And it does make you feel lost. Somehow I feel like a 12 year old and I want to know where my mom is. And I felt lost sort of at home because I wasn't going to visit her at the nursing home. I wasn't even seeing my sister as much, who I used to go 
with to the nursing home or meet her there and visit my mom are at work. There's, you know, it's the fall. There's always strategic planning. And so somehow I was feeling lost at work. I was even a little bit lost spiritually. And I hate to say that because I don't ever want somebody to think that my faith is rocked because like, I love Jesus, drop mic, hard stop. But I just didn't feel like I heard God really talking to me and telling me what to do with the exception of, oh, do your podcast on grief and that will feel good. And was that really God's idea or was that mine? And so I just felt like everything I did had a big question mark behind it. And like the GPS just continuing to say, recalculating, like, or rerouting. And I wasn't sure of my direction. And then a super good friend of mine who understands loss and understands losing a mother invited me to go to Las Vegas for a couple days. And that invitation felt like the right thing to do at the right time. It kind of seemed like a no-brainer with the exception of, should I go right now with the whole Delta virus and all that kind of stuff? I am a vaccinated person. I wear a mask when in crowds. And so... I thought, my mom is already dead, so I'm not putting her at risk. I think I'll do this. I'm already feeling lost, so why not run away? If I run away from my grief, it won't be there, right? (laughs) Of course, that's not the way it works. But I just thought maybe it's an opportunity to get away from my reality and have time to ponder and think. And when I say that, that's mostly pondering and thinking while you're on the plane, not so much when you're in Las Vegas, because there's a lot to distract you there. But I thought, I am going to give this a try. I am going to go to Las Vegas. And on top of that, it was my birthday. So It was the first birthday without parents. How sad is that? But when you're in Las Vegas, it doesn't feel sad. It felt kind of fun. And so I did just start to think that this was grief and that feeling lost is part of grief. And maybe not every time, but in this particular case, it was part of it. And where it felt so confusing, I realized it's something that I'm going to have to face and lean into and get through and work through. And that's what we do in grief. And sometimes it just sucks. 
and sometimes it provides an opportunity. And so I decided while I was traveling that I'm going to use this as an opportunity. For me, being lost in Las Vegas was an opportunity to figure it out and lean in a little bit and take a break. It was an opportunity to listen to a book. And that's fun, by the way. Like, I had never listened to a book before, and it was really cool. This book, by the way, was called How Not to Save the World by Hosanna Wong. Super good. Like, oh my gosh. If you ever wonder how to tell somebody about your faith or tell somebody about Jesus and you, you get nervous because of all the crazy evangelists out there, this book is so great because we don't have to save the world. Jesus already did. So I loved that opportunity because there was lots of inspiration. And I tell you, Jesus puts people and books and things in your life for a reason and for a purpose. And there were so many things that Hosanna Wong said in this book that I felt like, oh my gosh, she's talking right to me. And of course she's not, but God knows who needs to hear these things. And on that particular day, it was me. It gave me a chance to read my Bible again and I'm an avid Bible reader, but you get off on beaten paths and feel like you get too busy sometimes. And I forgot I'm even in the New Testament, so I get real crazy, borderline OCD when I read my Bible, and I like to read it from Genesis to Revelation. And so this time, I think I when I wrote the date down, yeah, it's going on two years that it has taken me to get through this Bible. Lots of other justification and excuses why, but we don't have time to list them all. Anyways, I love being in the New Testament because, you know, that's where Jesus is at. He's in the whole Bible, but ugh, he's there in flesh and blood and it's amazing. So that was an opportunity. It was an opportunity to pray. And it was an opportunity to pray like, oh my goodness, God, what am I doing? What do you want me to do? And how can I listen to you better? I don't have any answers yet, but I feel a little bit more connected. And I feel like, again, prayer is our tool and our cell phone that we can text God or call God any time of the day. And so it was there. Um, not counting the times that I may or may not have prayed, please let me win. That's just a joke. I didn't. God, God is too busy to worry about gambling. And I don't gamble that much. I just want everybody to know that but I did gamble while I was there and it was a little bit fun. Okay. It was a lot fun. Next was people, just an opportunity to see people and 
you know, let's be honest, people are just weird and I love that. Um, and somehow we connect and it's a good thing. It gave me an opportunity to think about my family and how important they are to me. And it gave me the opportunity to spend time with a friend who lives in another state and I don't get to see her very often, but she's such a good human. And it just reminds me of the Bible verse that says iron sharpens iron. And so when we have those friends who are like-minded and similar to who we are and share in our faith that together we can help each other out. And certainly that was something that she did for me. And as crazy as it sounds, because Las Vegas is fast and furious and bright lights and you hardly know what time it is while you're there. Somehow, it gave me the chance to slow down. I'm not sure why I thought this time I could rush through grief. You can't. You can't do it even if you try. And I'm pretty sure I was trying to rush through grief doing my four episodes on grief, um, just recognizing things in grief that I might be doing that isn't necessarily good and then trying to correct those. And it, it just made me realize, wow, Chrissy, sometimes you're slow and just slowing down is what you need to do. And so you can't hurry through grief. You can't busy yourself through grief. And so this trip gave me the opportunity to slow down. And sometimes maybe that's the reason you get lost. I pause because I feel like I'm on the verge of sneezing. And I just am not a good editor of my podcast. So, yep. Real deal, real Chris Bucky. I'm going to sneeze and now I'm not going to. So sorry for that brief interruption on sneezing. But you know how that is. Sometimes the reason you get lost is because you're moving too fast and you don't pay attention to signs and directions and things like that. I needed to slow down in terms of my eating you know, I like to eat healthy because it's good for me. And somehow I was just making bad choices again. And even though it's a little bit fun, it didn't feel very good. I needed to slow down in terms of sleep and rest. And that isn't something I do very good. I actually sleep well, but... I don't know that I was resting well. And so lucky for me, I would get so tired because I don't rest that I would be able to sleep at night. But just somehow not having anything to do the very next day 
felt good to catch up on sleep. I know who catches up on sleep in Las Vegas, but believe it or not, somehow I managed to do a little bit of that. And just slowing down and realizing that it's so much more than loss and being lost and looking at who's in front of you and and what's around you. And I love how weird people are. And I know I just said that a few minutes ago, but so true. And in Las Vegas, oh my goodness, you see so many weird people and you don't know their story. And they might be looking at you saying, look at that girl. She's so weird. What's up with her t-shirts and her skirts and her weird headbands. And it's true. I hope they do. And sometimes you might get an opportunity to know somebody's story. You might get an opportunity just to smile and say hi and whatever. And it's the only smile that they will see that day. And so there was just this opportunity to really slow down. And in doing so, that put an a focus on gratitude. And I talked a little, I've talked a lot about gratitude in these episodes that I've done on grief. And it gave me that opportunity that being lost was part of grief. And working through the grief gives me lots of opportunities to be grateful. Um, Let's be honest, being lost in Las Vegas is not such a bad thing. The casinos are fun to look at. Um, You know, the roads and the walkways and everything there are bright lights and beautiful colors. And we went to see the Beatles Cirque du Soleil Love. Oh my gosh. So good. And songs that just bring up memories while my guitar gently weeps. One of my favorite Beatle tunes. And it's one of those songs that put you in touch with things that make you sad and how life just continues to go on while your guitar gently weeps. I don't have a guitar. Well, I actually do. It's a decoration, but um, I think you get what that all means. And so it gave me an opportunity to slow down and realize once again that I'm not doing grief wrong. I'll talk a little bit more about that, but listen to my commercial. Um, A little break here to tell you how I do these podcasts, and it's actually kind of cool. Be right back. Thanks for listening to that. So to me, I felt like I'm not doing grief right, but I'm not doing grief wrong either. In fact, there's probably no right or wrong way to do grief. And granted, there's some like bad choices and there's some things that you can do to help 
face your grief. But if you don't, you still go through grief. It might take you longer. It might be a harder road to travel. You might be lost longer. But it's your grief and you'll have to handle it It, as do I. And I have to remind myself that being lost is okay. Because no matter how lost I feel, God is there. Being sad is okay. Ugh, I hate saying that because I hate being sad. I don't want to be sad. But how ridiculous is that? My mom just died. Of course I'm going to be sad. And that's okay. And the other side to that is when we are broken in a million pieces. The only one who can put us back together is the one who created us. He knows where every single one of those pieces go, no matter how shattered it is. And I like to look at my brokenness as confetti. It reminds me of Cirque du Soleil love in Las Vegas. Um, Because there were several times during that show where confetti fell from the sky. And if that was my grief, God could pick up every single one of those pieces of paper and put them back together to make me. Because being broken is okay too. We are all broken and it is okay. We're not perfect. We can't be perfect. And even though we want to aim to do good and to do right and to get through our grief, it does break us. And that's okay. Because it also gives us a new path, a new opportunity and it's like that trailblazing you know when you have to um you know cut down the weeds and I'm motioning my hand like I have a sickle in my hand and I'm chopping away the weeds and you are the person who blazes the trail and the interesting part is even though there are so many people who have gone down the path of losing a parent or a loved one, it's their trail to blaze. And so you can't go down the already blazed trail because you have to blaze your own trail. And so no wonder you feel lost. No wonder I feel lost because I am blazing this trail that nobody else has been on because it is my mom and my relationship with her. And even though I am six of six kids, every single one of those children of hers had a relationship with her that was unique to them. And so your grief is 100% unique, which I kind of like the sound of that because I like being unique. I like being different. I like being weird. And so... I'm not lost. I'm grieving. And that is not a bad thing. 
it's a fact of life. And I'm grateful that I'm not doing grief wrong again. So what did I learn while I was in Las Vegas? I learned that we're all in this together. And I say that because it was pretty impressive how everyone wore masks. And I'm not joking in terms of, I think in the entire, oh, I'm trying to think of how many hours I was probably there for sure, probably about 50-ish hours that like two days is really what that counts as. I think I only saw four people that didn't have a mask on and only two of them were inside. So I think people were trying to be extremely respectful in terms of where everybody's at and caring about each other's opinions and I'm not sure why it worked in Las Vegas and it doesn't work in lots of other towns, but it felt good and it felt right and it felt safe, quite honestly. I learned that weird is good because it makes you smile. It makes you think. It makes you appreciate. And it makes for a world that is colorful and beautiful and bold and honest and crazy. And I like that world that we live in. Las Vegas is a gigantic pool of just people that are different but clearly have a common interest because we're all there. I also learned that I certainly wasn't searching for happiness in a casino or going to a Las Vegas show or anything that I ate. All of those were fun, minus cash man. I'm just going to say it. There was one slot machine. It was called Cashman. It was taunting me with a win. And my friend Susan and I were playing it together. And what started off with $10 turned into a fiasco. And we never did win, but we refused. And when I say we refused, I refused to let the actual machine win. So I found somebody to take over the machine. So at least they would invest a smaller amount and win this bingo type cash man bonus and there was four spots that we could have gotten a bingo. So how hard is it to not get one of those spots? It was ridiculous. And the amounts kept going up and up. And so it seemed like if you hit it, it was going to be great. Welcome to Las Vegas, where they feed off of our greed. Hashtag the sinner in me totally fell for it. Um, but here's the deal. 
I said to Susan, I don't feel bad because I didn't lose money. That was for anything but entertainment and was planned to go and spend and waste and have fun with. And let me just tell you, we were laughing our heads off at the ridiculousness of it all. So I learned never to do that again, for sure. And yet somehow, if you go to Las Vegas, and when I say if you, I mean, if I go to Las Vegas again, I'll probably do something stupid like that again, too. Promise you, it wasn't thousands of dollars. I would never do that. Never, ever. And it was a one cent machine. So put it into perspective, 80 cents, not that big of a deal. But I did learn that my happiness is rooted in my faith. And God sets before me friends and family and circumstances that are so good. And so, you know, that's the real bonus cash man. Most importantly, I learned that I'm not lost. I feel loss, but it doesn't mean that I'm lost. I have a new path, a new beginning, a new opportunity, and in Vegas terms, Jesus is my jackpot. And so the fact that he died and rose again so that we will all live eternally there is my hope, there is my assurance, and there is where love wins over grief. And I love that I went to Cirque du Soleil called Love in Las Vegas because love does win every time and love will outlast grief. Please keep coming back. Thank you so much for listening and for sharing. If you think this will help somebody you know, absolutely share it with them. I do this for me, but I also do it in hopes that there is someone out there that can listen and learn or feel good or have hope or just know that Jesus is on their side, that Jesus loves them so much. And so that's why I call myself the hippie Christian who cares. And I have a series coming up on something called the Red Letter Challenge. So I will give you my experiences with this Red Letter Challenge. It's a 40-day challenge. It's a book written by Zach Zender. He's a Lutheran pastor. And so my church, St. Mark Lutheran Church in Janesville, Wisconsin, is participating and they asked me, and when I say they, my pastor asked me if I would be 
one of the group leaders, which makes me giggle because I'm always off the beaten path. And so I think it's going to be fun. I am so excited and I hope you will join me. I thank you so much. You're important to me and you are absolutely important to Jesus. Thank you.